What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to the Hoops Corner. I'm your host, Peter Tran, and on the line, baby daddy, the Iceman himself, Josh Cohen. How you We are doing swell. It's the middle of the NBA offseason. Not a lot going on, so time to focus on other things. We are Venom also. <laughs> Our residential medical expert, the banger in the paint, Rajon Walia. How are you feeling? You know what a thought just came to me? Is uh, Josh going to actually become a good NBA analyst now that uh, baby Zoe's born? Oh, absolutely. The Fred Van Vliet effect, you know? Oh, I'm going to be phenomenal then. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He's going to shoot 80% on his Didn't predictions we have two kids too? And... Yeah, but maybe I think the superpower is coming in a second. Mm, I'll have to think about game. that going forward. It was him and Coach Nurse that the playoff run. Remember, that was a wild time for the Raptors. Let's just say that. But I digress. So today we're going in. We're gonna hit our overs and unders for the Eastern Conference. We're gonna deep dive into each of these teams. We're using points bet. I figure they're pretty much on par with every other Vegas odds, plus or minus one game realistically. So. You know, what's a big deal? So let's just get started. First team we're going to look at, the Brooklyn Nets, the heavy favorite, uh, heavy enough favorite coming out of the East with 55 and a half wins. Raj, the real question is, do James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving stay healthy enough for them to, you know, for them to propel over 55 uh, and a half? Do they stay healthy enough? Yeah. Do I think that they're going to focus on... Um, getting over 55 wins, no. I think there's going to be a lot of load management or really balancing their players' minutes and games. And honestly, I think the East is going to be very competitive. I don't think any team is really going to be pushing over 55, 56 wins. So I'm going to probably go under here. Well, in that case, give me the over because this team is absolutely stacked from top to bottom. They have a lot of depth. So even despite, you know... James Harden and Kyrie Irving likely sitting out 30-plus games and Kevin Durant potentially doing the same. As long as one of them's in the lineup at all times, you still got Patty Mills coming off the bench. still got Paul Millsap and LaMarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin. you got so many guys that have good experience that can step into minutes and give you good mm-hmm. contributions. And then you have young players that are improving, like Nick Claxton's going to play a lot this year too. DeAndre's finally gone. So I'm taking the <laughs> over. This team could be potentially historic maybe not in the regular season but in the postseason i am hammering 55 and a half also because look who they're playing in the east man orlando cleveland detroit these teams are gonna get wins even like the semi-good teams like in their within their own division the raptors you mean the raptors who have like two veteran players hey, we have a team full of six nine guys who can guard all those guys so we're good Good luck. 6'9 can't guard Kyrie, boy. You know this. You know how hard it is for someone tall to guard a short player? You're underestimating Isak Vanga. <laughs> nope. No, I'm estimating yeah, him yeah, perfectly I think it's a fair fine. Estimation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Raj, I'm surprised you're, you're the one. Not as high. I no, guess, they can definitely team. win more than 55 games. I just see a situation where um, they saw what happened in the playoffs when. Uh, Harden hurt his hamstring and Kyrie wasn't able to finish out the series and they had to rely on Durant. I think they're going to manage their players. I wouldn't be surprised if 
like Josh mentioned, that a lot of these, all three of those players will probably miss a minimum of 20 games this season. Uh, and they might play a game where Harden and Durant plays and Kyrie sits out and that should be enough. But overall, I, I think they're going to prioritize postseason and the Nets don't have to worry as much about home court as advantage. So I, I, I can see them going just a smidge under 55 and a half. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if they get like 56. But I'm going to go the under. I think they're going to clear 60. In 82 games, 60? That's that's not much, man. They can I will go 60. between. They're going to get 57. <laughs> Loser. <laughs> Next team up are... Defending champions. Never thought I would hear this. The Milwaukee Bucks. They are right now. They're sitting at fifty-four and a half as their over/under. Josh, what do you got? Give me the under. Like a lot of championship teams, I think they're going to start out slow. I think there's going to be somewhat of a championship hangover, like there is every year with the champion, especially with you know everything that's going on in the world. I think they're probably slightly better because they have Divincenzo coming back and they got Grayson Allen now. They just have more guys that they can depend on um, on the wing. And I think they're more playoff team now than they are a regular season team. And that was proven last year. Like, obviously, they could have lost the Nets in the playoffs. But this team was built for the playoffs. And by getting through Holiday, they sacrificed a lot of their depth. And in doing so, they're not going to be as good of a regular season team. Maybe Brooke Lopez um, starts to fall off a little bit. He doesn't play as much. But then again, you still have Bobby Portis, so... They're still a really good team. I just don't think that they care so much about the regular season anymore. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you, Josh. I think this team has historically been a regular season team, and Giannis is all about getting better and keeping that mindset. So I think he's going to – we know he's a tryhard. I think he's going to play a lot of games. Uh, Bud likes to keep his lineups pretty consistent, for better or worse. And I think this Bucks team is actually going to play with less pressure – and because of that, they're going to play better. And Josh, you can whisper in Zoe's ear all you want that maybe you're wrong. But uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to say the Bucks are going to go a smidge over. And I wouldn't be surprised if they get the number one seed in the East and try to make a statement that they're trying to go back to back. You got some gambling tips for her there? What's going on? She's definitely taking this? the under. What is this She's collusion going on on the side? under? It's a lock. Bucks don't wow. care about the regular season anymore. They're not trying to win 60 games. They're not trying to prove anything. They can beat anyone, anytime, anywhere. They don't need home court advantage. They're going to be the second or third seed this year. <laughs> second or third seed? Oh, my God. Definitely not third. You are absolutely out of your mind if you think the Bucks will be the third seed in the East. Uh, at 54.5, got to assume they go over it as well, man. Defending champion alone. And, Raj, you, I think the most important part of all of that was Giannis is, the, like, the biggest tryhard in the league, right? Like, this guy tries during all-star games. That's how you know he tries too much. And that alone is worth 10 wins, 20 wins, right? On top of a, co- a cohesive team, basically everyone is coming back other than P.J. Tucker, right? Uh, assuming that Dante DiVincenzo plays more than half the year, which I think he's projected to. I would easily take the Bucks over 54 and a half, man. That's wild, Josh. I can't believe it. How dare you doubt the Nigerian You also have freak. to factor in how many teams are trying to win in the NBA right now. I think you have at least 12 teams in both conferences trying to make the playoffs. 
And even though there is three really bad teams in the East, the rest of them you can say they're making an honest effort at trying to at least be a playing team. So I think you got to factor that in too. Mm. I think there are four bad teams in the East. Toronto <laughs> Raptors. Uh, moving on. My favorite topic. I think everyone's favorite topic in the NBA these days. The Philadelphia 76ers. Sitting at 51 and a half wins. Uh, I'm just going to start this off with... And, I mean, everyone's talked about Ben Simmons over the past like, couple of weeks, right? I don't think we need to hammer this home anymore. He's already said that he doesn't want to show up for the team. He's mad that they tried to trade him. He's released his uh, annual summertime jump shot videos or his like YMCA runs or whatever runs he's doing. Uh, it looks like he has a great jump shot when he's playing against a bunch of randoms. So, you know, that's nice. But that being all that being said, the Ben Simmons situation is sort of going to linger over the team, right? Don't really know where they're going to stand throughout the whole year. Don't know when he's going to get traded. He's going to get traded sooner or later, but I'm sure Daryl Morey... Uh, Philadelphia's GM is going to want a lot more for him than anyone's offering. So because of all that, I think they're going to go under 51.5 this year. Yeah, I'm going to quickly say my two cents. Um, because even though the Sixers, we don't know what they're going to get in return, I really do think that they're probably going to have to take a few games or at least the first half of the season to figure it out. I do think Embiid, uh, again, last last season he played lights out. He was an MVP candidate. I think him getting adjusted and him making sure that he takes care of his body is always going to be a priority for the Sixers. And again, a point guard is such an important role in the NBA nowadays. Uh, teams that have a change in point guard take time to adjust. Like look at the Utah Jazz with Mike Connolly. Uh, we all expected him to fit right in seamlessly, and it took him pretty much the year to f- fit back into that jazz culture. And uh, I think the Sixers are going to have that shift as well. And honestly, I don't trust Doc's coaching that much. I don't think he's historically done a good job of mending players together. He's more of a coach that takes great players that have played with each other and lets them gel on their own. So I- I'm going to take the under, especially with Embiid's his- injury history and uh, probably this dark cloud of Ben Simmons and who's coming in return. But uh, obviously, uh, we'll have to see if they end up getting uh, an elite point guard. That could change. Yeah, it really depends on how fast we're able to trade him and the return, obviously. But ultimately, like you said, there's a dark cloud over this franchise right now. We don't really know what's going to happen. So I would definitely take the under two. And, uh, you know, they just don't really do anything in the offseason either. Like, Max, you could definitely take a step up with this, you know, in the next season. But, um, I don't know. He might actually be the starting point guard on, on day one. And he played well in the summer league. He's really young, obviously. He can really, you know, come off screens and shoot the ball. But, you know, he's probably, what, the 29th best point guard, starting point guard in the NBA. So, <laughs> I don't know. You just don't really have a team around and be that... You can rely on three eighty two games right now. They're pr- they're not as deep as they used to be. Who's uh who's worse than him as a starting point guard, Josh? Are you gonna say like Russell Westbrook yes. or some shit? Good guess. Good guess, Peter. Good guess. Uh, oh man, this Philly team is such a mess. Considering I had them as like my top title contender at the beginning uh, of last year, very disappointing. I can't very blame you for uh, making those predictions. Uh, who knew Ben Simmons couldn't shoot? 
who knew that he would only take three shots in the fourth quarter of a seven-game series? Little bitch. Moving on, the Miami Heat. We all had them as our winners of this offseason. They're sitting at 48 and a half wins. Raj, I have a feeling I know where you're going to go with this What do you one. think I'm going to go, Peter? Tell me what I'm thinking. You're going to go all the way up, baby. All the way up. Oh, it's Nothing me. can stop me. I'm all the way up. Uh, 48 and a half's a, a tricky number, but you know what? I, I think they'll end up getting the third seed in the East, uh, right behind Brooklyn and Milwaukee. So I'm going to go slightly over, but that's an over. Uh, I think the changes they made with Lowry, um, I think overall they have an established five it's just about getting the depth behind those players and hopefully staying injury free obviously you have a few older players with uh lowry and butler so um but i'm gonna take the over i will also take the slight over with this team i i like their depth um i think tyler hero is gonna play well in his role knowing that he's gonna be a six man probably going into the year I know that's uh, I know I said the complete opposite of the last podcast but I convinced myself (laughs) otherwise I think that it's going to work out he knows that he has a big extension coming up and he's going to want to play well going into the year which you know really relates to the team's overall um, results especially in the regular season postseason may be a different story and PJ Tucker not scoring any points per game may hurt them in the regular season a little bit (laughs) not one (laughs) (laughs) But uh, come on, man. Yeah, I mean, I hope that they don't play Lowry forty minutes a game like Nick Nurse did. And uh, you know, Jimmy Butler's gonna have a big year. Bam Adebayo's gonna have a massive year playing with Lowry and playing with a point guard that can get him the ball consistently. So I'm gonna go slate over. Who do they have running the point behind Lowry? Is it just by committee? None slash hero hero oh, be the main guy, and then Kendrick Nunn went to Chicago, right? No, he's in Lakers. L.A. now. Okay, Lakers, okay. Yeah, I don't think they have any other point, like pure point guards other than Lowry, right? Unless you want to put like, uh, what are the what are the young guys, like Gabe Vincent or uh, I guess Max Struess is like a three, but it had to be Gabe Vincent or by committee with Hero and Butler, right, as their primary ball handlers? Yeah, you would guess it's going to be Hero that's running the point uh, behind Lowry, running a bunch of action, you know, as a scoring guard off the bench. That's interesting. I'm going to, I like it. I like Miami as an over as well. I think 48 and a half isn't that high. I think it can easily be like a 50-win team, to be honest. Yeah. So 50 wins isn't that hard considering the talent on this team. And I think there are a lot of teams in the East that are going to be like very middling to low tiers. So Miami's, Miami's up there. Uh, last year's playoff darling. Someone that, you know, no one predicted would have gotten to the Eastern Conference Finals. The Atlanta Hawks, guys. Josh's favorite player, Trey Young, leading the league, or uh, leading this team, to potentially 47 and a half wins. Josh, what do you think? Uh, give me the hard over. I'm going to predict Whoa. that they're going to win at least 50 games. This team is stacked. Ooh. Like, their young players continue to get better. I mean, obviously their young players are playing for extensions, just like Hero. There's a lot of guys on this team that are playing for extensions. And I think they're going to probably end up trading at least one of them. And you can get a fair amount of value for a guy like Cam Reddish or Herder. I think they're, you know, shopping both at um, at the draft and they weren't able to get what they wanted. But even if they keep those guys, those guys are improving. Like Herder had a big playoffs, obviously, against Philadelphia. 
And this team's only going to get better bringing back John Collins, Clint Capella, knows he's secure, getting his two-year extension. And their <laughs> bench is solid, besides Solomon Hill. They're very deep. They probably have like the, one of the deepest benches in the league this year, right? So, I could... Raj, man, that, this, this over sounds pretty nice, doesn't it? I, I think this is a uh, actually a surprisingly tricky one because um, they obviously have the talent to win um, those games. I think, again, last year we saw the best of the Atlanta Hawks in the playoffs. They were clicking at the right moment. Uh, I, I think teams will now have a bit more time to adjust to their pace, their style. But if it was 50 wins, I would say the under, but I'm going to have to take the over. Uh, I think they're going to be a better team um probably than the Sixers so I'm, I'm gonna take them and uh, again just a slight over and I also think they can solidify their um kind of their team by trading away one of their pieces like Josh mentioned and that's gonna be huge yeah I mean their their depth is insane 47 and a half isn't bad I like them for like 48 49 so like you said just over I don't think they're a 50 win team but I mean how do you go to the Eastern Conference Finals one year and then not hit 50 wins the next or get close to 50 wins, right? Um, yeah, and I think Trey, like, I'm not his biggest fan. You know this. I'm not I'm not that high on Trey Young, but I think he takes a step up this year. There's going to be something better about his passing. He's going to be much more uh, inclusive for his teammates, if you want to say it like that. Like, he's going to get people involved much more. And I don't think they'll have the same chemistry issues that uh, Trey and John Collins had last year. And they're not switching coaches. I mean, everything just seems like... Like they're on the right track, so give me a give me over on forty seven and a half for sure. Uh, next team up, the Boston Celtics. Brand new coach, brand new head of basketball operations, promoting Brad Stevens to hopefully forty seven and a half wins. And ah oh man, like if it was up to me, I would not touch this line at all. I have no read on this team. I mean. I could tell you over right now, and then after hearing you guys talk, I might go under. I I really don't know where to stand on forty-seven and a half. Ah, uh, Peter, you're killing me here. Um, you took the words right out of my mouth. I I'm just gonna hit the under here. Uh, I think new coach, uh, new roles for a lot of players. They also have Dennis Schroeder, who's probably gonna try to. Again, they got him at excellent value, but I also think he's gonna play a little more for himself and less for the team. Um, but they also got rid of a lot of questionable pieces for them. So if Tatum continues to make his superstar rise and Jalen Brown um, comes off of injury healthy, they could be a 50-win team. But I, again, I, a team with new coaches, new point guard, a few new pieces, I'm going to have to hit the under. Yeah, I think this team's going to be tough to play in the playoffs because they do have a lot of veteran guys that know how to play. But as you mentioned at the start of the year, they have a lot of new pieces that they have to try to fit in. And they have to figure out what role Horford's going to play, especially. Like, you have Robert Williams that's making, you know, $14 million a year now. He's going to be your starting center. And it's already been proven that Al Horford can't play, you know, the starting power forward position that, whatever, what is he now, like 33 in today's NBA. So you got to figure out what type of role he's going to play, how much he's going to play. And then you have guys like Richardson, um, Schroeder that are going to be coming off the bench, which is a pretty solid bench. But they just have to figure things out at the start of the year. I think as the season goes on, they're going to be more dangerous and people are going to start recognizing that this team could be a potential threat to certain teams. But overall, I'll take the slight under. Who's their starting point guard? 
Marcus Smart. Ah, uh, yes, Marcus. All right, give me the over, man. Screw wow. you guys. I'm liking this. Mainly for two reasons. Because, uh, you know, everyone is a fan of Peyton Pritchard. How, obviously, how can you not be? Okay, Peter. But more realistically. If you're going to say Peyton no, Pritchard, no, no, I'm going to pound the under. <laughs> uh, the more logical explanation. They don't have Tristan Thompson anymore, man. That locker room is going to be cohesive. I guarantee it. And Dennis Schroeder is going back to a bench role and not starting. Man, Dennis Schroeder off the bench. Remember in OKC? Remember in Atlanta when he was coming off the bench? That guy's a killer. That guy just kills second units. Give me the over, man. I'm, I convinced myself after listening to you two to go the opposite direction. How about that? Moving on. We are going to talk about this weird-ass team, the Indiana Pacers. Uh... I don't even know where to start, Raj. I mean, you love your base. You love DeMontis Sabonis, man. Feel free. Go nuts. This is all you. Ugh. 43 and a half wins is the over-under. Uh, and I, I personally think Indiana will probably get the under here. Although I, I don't think they're going to have a horrible season. I think they'll probably be roughly 500. Um, I think Indiana is just still kind of stuck um in their ways and uh, again i i have my doubts about coaching and how this team is really going to come together under rick carlisle there was a lot of question marks around uh nate bjorgen uh who was their previous coach and i don't know if those question marks are addressed with rick carlisle although i think they'll still be a extremely tough team to beat they play a different style than most other teams in the nba um and again until they figure out what they're doing with their front court i still think they're going to be limited so i'm going to take the under this one is a hard under lock 100 percent lock and that is because this team is extremely injury prone i mean you have malcolm brogdon who gets injured every single season karis lavert who has obviously had a kin- guy, the kidney thing last year but he's been injury prone regardless that's your backcourt. And then in the front court, Miles Turner is always injured as well. He's had plantar fascia problems the last couple of years. And they still haven't figured out what they're going to do with those two guys either. It's just it's going to take a while for Carlisle to figure out what he's going to do. And I think ultimately, I think one of those guys may end up coming off the bench. I think it's going to be probably Turner overall. Um, yeah. And yeah. maybe they end up trading him. They've been trying to trade Jeremy Lamb for the last year too. <laughs> there's just a lot of like instability in their lineup i like a lot of their players it just and also this is the most boring team in the nba this is probably the one team i would look at the league pass um you know nightly lineup and i'd just be like i'm not watching the pacers game i think san antonio is close but i think the pacers mm. are number one orlando no but orlando at least has you know the rookies coming in right so come on get out of here eh. you're just trying to force i want to see what i'm missing out on with orlando I'd much rather watch San Antonio over this Indiana team. However, the one good thing is Malcolm Brogdon is exactly a Rick Carlisle kind of point guard. He's he's like calm, he's steady, he's a, like a very good defensive player, he's a good offensive player. He just gets shit done, which is exactly what Rick Carlisle has always tried to get his point guards to do. He's always been a tough ass on his point guards. That being said, I yeah, I couldn't agree more, man. I think you guys have made all the right points. This is a a very good under. But I do want to remind you that TJ Warren could be coming back. Not bubble TJ Warren, but TJ Warren is yeah, he is. 
He's most likely coming back midway through the year. Don't shake your no, head. No, there me. was a report yesterday he's going to be out indefinitely. He had a setback. Oh, Jesus Christ. So another reason to hit the Man. under. Oh, my goodness. So Jeremy Lamb might actually be their starter? Potentially. Or TJ McConnell. Maybe Carlisle goes super Ooh. small. Ooh. Wow. Oh, let's put Tory Craig to be this. Did you know they got Tory Craig? Okay, yes, they get... Yes, I do know that. They get one more win, then. Uh, they can be at uh, yeah, 37 now. I love, to- <laughs> love Tory Craig. All right, let's let's move on to a much more entertaining team to watch, at least. The New York Knicks. 40 and a half wins, Josh, behind Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier. What do you think? 40 and a half. I mean, the team last year was over 500, and they added talent. And I think this team is going to be a pushover in the playoffs, just because you have a lot of guys you can't really rely on to come playoff time. But in the regular season, like this team is pretty deep. And they've improved their roster. Even though I don't like Fournier at all, they got Kemba Walker for nothing. And I think he's going to thrive, uh, hopefully playing less minutes, but he has Thibodeau as his coach, so maybe not. Maybe that is a reason to go under, just to like, just because Kemba Walker is going to play way too much, and Thibodeau is going to wear chill. him out. No, I'm, gonna take the, I'm still going to take the over. They have too much talent not to be over that amount. <laughs> Raj, what do you think? Oof. You know what? The Knicks team right here, I think best case scenario, um, they go slightly over here and probably win 44 games, 45 games. Best case. But I, I think they overperformed last year. I think their core is getting a bit older. I think teams are playing a bit faster in that defensive style. Because it's so unique, I think they're able to catch a lot of teams uh, by surprise. But I think this year it's going to be a, a more regular season that we're used to. Uh, and I think the league's moving more to an offensive style, and I think Tom Thibodeau's team is going to struggle a little. They'll still be a tough battle, but a tough team out, but I'm going to hit the under. I just want to point out the Knicks won 41 games last year in a season that only had 72 games. So, hard over. Lock. That's crazy. They won 41 games? They were like, uh, Milwaukee only won like 46 last year. That's insane. Man, the Knicks were good last year. I mean, behind the god Julius Randle, how could you not be? It's going to be a repeat of last year, I think. I think ultimately they're going to be a pretty decent regular season team, and the playoffs are going to lose 4-1 to whoever they play. It doesn't matter if they're the 4 seed, <laughs> the 6 seed, whatever. And then they're going to have some really tough yeah. decisions to make as to what they do going forward with a guy like R.J. Barrett and what they do with the roster overall. I was going to say, I'm going over with this team, and R.J. Barrett breaks out. He's going to have a almost all-star caliber year. Like he's going to be an all-star discussion. No, no. Okay, that's you lost me. <laughs> Absolutely not. The guy can't shoot. Um Oh yeah, he I th- can. I think Come if anything on, man. Don't No, do if that. An- if anything the ball is going to be less in his hands cuz Kemba's going to be using it more. Julius Randle is going to have another probably decent season. I I don't think there's enough ball to get around, and honestly, Derrick Rose is probably going to have just as good of a season as R.J. Barrett. Yeah, I, I don't really like R.J. Barrett as an all-star consideration, just because they added, you know, Kemba Walker and Fournier. I don't think he's going to be like a league guy where they're just going to hand the ball off to him. He's going to run a lot of the offense. I think he's going to fit in well. I think he's going to have a pretty efficient year, but I don't think he's going to be like all-star level. Yo, last year, R.J. Barrett shot 40.1% from three. Okay, and that's with the ball in his hand a lot more. On catch and shoots, he was shooting 38%. Yeah, take that, Rod. Give me that. Give me those numbers. 
Canadian legend RJ Barrett. Yeah, he's a, he's a great player, <laughs> sure, but uh, there's there's only uh, one ball on the court in 48 minutes, Peter. It's not, it's not going to change. Oh man, uh, totally random. But I, I just I, I had to look up his numbers on Basketball Reference to prove Raj wrong. And uh, there's a uh, an advertisement for a sports book called Bet Ninety Nine. And I guess, like, George St. Pierre is their primary spokesperson. Yo, this dude looks like Tom Thibodeau. Like, it is sad. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a screenshot of this, and I'm gonna send it to you guys later so you can see. But when I first looked at this, I was like, yo, why is Tibbs on, like, Basketball Reference promoting a, a fucking sports book? I almost Bizarre. asked if it was Thibodeau's son, but I know that Thibodeau doesn't have any family because his only family is basketball. Yeah, he's married to the game, Josh. You know this. Mm-hmm. So I guess like all NBA players are his son. Especially Derrick Rose, Taj Gibson, Joakim Noah, and Luol Deng. <laughs> yeah, shouts to Luol Deng. But actually, speaking of, since we're talking about Thibodeau so much, the Chicago Bulls, my dark horse team, 39 and a half wins. Give me that over. This is going to be an offensive powerhouse this year, man. DeMar DeRozan is going to be leading the charge. You got my boy Zach Levine coming off an all-star caliber campaign last year and a gold medal and getting that experience with a lot of veterans, winning veterans. Whew. Adding Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso to the mix. Give me give me all that offense in Chicago. Give me the over 39 and a half easily. Yeah, Peter, it's hard to argue with you. I think the Bulls have finally made the playoffs after a few uh, very unsuccessful uh, years. And I think they're not going to be a deep a team that makes it deep in the playoffs, but ultimately this team has enough talent um, to to win probably 42, 43 games. Uh, I'm going to take the over here. Damn right. I will also take the over, and it's not because I believe in the Bulls, but they do have a lot of depth in their bench now and a lot of offensive firepower. So I'm going to go slight over. I'm going to say they win like 40 or 41 games and they're in the play-in, but ultimately I don't believe in the direction that they're taking. It's okay if you don't believe. All you got to believe is... Over 39 and a half wins. And I, That's it, John. I'm only giving them the slight over because I like the addition of Alizé Johnson. That guy's a beast. He had like a 20-20 game at the end <laughs> of the year for the Nets. He's going to be not a breakout star, but a guy to watch for, I think. He might be like one of the most cut players in the league. Like low-key. He, he reminds His body type is like similar to young Serge Ibaka. You know, when Serge was like 30 on the Thunder, not 40 on the Raptors. Or a guy like Stanley Johnson, who they also just signed. And they have Matt Thomas. They've cornered the market on Toronto players. <laughs> I like that. I like that. All right. So that's all the overs on Chicago Bulls. I like that. Um, Josh, man, this is a, literally your wheelhouse. The Toronto Raptors are 30, sitting at 37 and a half. You're going to tell me they're over this? This one is a tough one. It's hard to see which direction this team is ultimately going in and how many minutes they're going to play some of the young guys. Um, I do like the chance of, you know, OG Ananobi adding to his game and taking another step up. I don't think he's going to be an all-star either, but I think he's going to be a a guy to watch for. Um, And again, this could be one of the teams that ends up trading for Ben Simmons. So they're in the mix for everything. Like they can make a massive trade at at the deadline and they end up being like a four seed. Because they end up getting like a, a big star because they have the pieces to trade. They have all their first round picks too. But I think this is going to be another transition year. But this team could have easily won more games last year if they didn't tank the second half of the year. And if they weren't playing in crappy Tampa Bay. 
And this year they're going to be playing in Toronto. So because Siakam is going to be out for the first couple weeks, I'm going to go slight under, but I'm not confident in that. 35 wins. Cap it at that. This is a team that's developing. (laughs) Masai knows the mission. The mission is to boost up the value of some of the players. And yes, they can make a move. But I, I think that this Toronto team is really invested in in years three to six, not years one and two right now. So, um, you know what? 35 wins, wraps, good, successful season. Keep it moving. Damn, 35. The, the one thing that sort of makes me hesitant on this, though, is because they have maybe the best coach in the NBA and they have an identity, which is defense. And... I think by probably mid-season, I think Precious Achua is going to be starting at center. I think he's actually going to be really good, even though he's only... Over over Boucher? I don't think Boucher is going to start either. I think Birch is going to start. But Birch is going to start the five? Birch started the no remaining way. last couple weeks of the season. And they like bringing Boucher off the bench to be like the you know backup four and five, too. Oh, I agree. I thought Precious is going to start right off the bat, to be honest. No, nah, I think Birch is he's more experienced and he knows the system and everything. So I think it's going to take a little bit for Precious to ultimately like gain that spot. But I think he's really talented. I think even though he's like six foot seven, six foot eight, he's like the perfect player for Toronto's system to play at the five and be able to switch everything and just be super active. And he had a three point shot in the summer league too, which is pretty exciting. He was a pretty young player, so I think he's going to be nice. <laughs> this is exciting. <laughs> Oh, man, that's funny. Yeah, they're going to be a gritty team this year. Raj, you're going to love them. They could be modern grit and grind. Yeah, honestly. I'm going under, but they could be fun to watch. They'll be fun to watch. They'll have some moments. They'll. The good thing is they have this mission that they're going to go on is improving their talent and giving their players good opportunities. It's it's more entertaining than watching a team that we're going to talk about later, like the Wizards who have been yo-yoing with um, some veteran experience and some... A youth. If this is they're going full youth movement. They're going to get a lot of players. I think Precious will play at least twenty five to thirty one minutes a game. Uh, I can see OG taking a step up. Like he's one of the more senior players now. Uh, we're going to see players like uh, Malachi Flynn uh, run the second unit. Like I, I think this will be a really fun season for the Raps. Except expectations shouldn't be playoffs. Expectations should be maybe playing game. Yeah, I agree with that. And ultimately, I think the thing that may swing this uh, to the under would be Toronto just handing the ball over to Scotty Barnes in the second half of the year when they're like near 500. And they end up, you know, potentially trading Drogic if that doesn't happen before the season. And they just let Barnes go out there and learn. And, you know, if they do that, then they're going to be pretty bad. So, under. Quickly, who is the longest tenured Raptor on roster right now? Siakam. Van Vliet? It's, I think that they, they came up together, right? Through the 905 system. So, yeah, it's a young team. Other than uh, Goran Dragic, who's likely to be uh, waived or bought out by before any of this starts. You know, very young team. I think it's pretty and unlikely he gets waived, though. Like, why would they ever waive him? Unless they're just doing right, like, an I mean, agent a favor. Uh, they'll probably just, like, buy him out or trade him or something, right? That's fine. Dude. Also, the, yo, they have Sam Decker. They're definitely losing 35 games. Yeah, that was the one signing that confused me. Everything else they've done, yeah, it like, totally makes sense yeah. for what they're trying to do. I think they're trying to become the the iteration of like what's happened the last five years in the NBA. They just want to start five, six, nine dudes, switch everything, and just be super athletic. 
I think it, which is fine, but Sam Decker. Ew. No, that that part made no sense to me. That's why I was like, you know, what is going on? He's here? probably a good shooter in practice. That's probably why. They probably just need a body, like a body to bully. <laughs> yeah. All right, moving on. Uh, the Charlotte Hornets, Raj, sitting at thirty-six and a half wins. What do you think? This team should be on the rise, and I, you know what? I'm going to give them the credit that they probably deserve. I think they're going to be a 500 team. I think they'll be one game under the Chicago Bulls. I think this is their time. I think what I see a lot in <laughs> in Charlotte is a team. They're building a team where it's going to be just a lot of energy, a tough out night in and night out. I don't think they're going to be a walkover. I don't think they're going to have moments where they completely destroy a team. I think it's going to be a lot of playing closer games, uh, building up their talent. Again, their expectations shouldn't be to be a top five or six seed. Um, I think overall they will make the playoffs and I will take the over. I think 36 and a half is too low for them, especially considering they have just more talent that they that should win now compared to the Raps. I like how this team leans into their identity of just playing fast and scoring the basketball, but their front court leaves a lot to be desired. I mean, they have Mason Plumlee starting at center, which I guess is okay. It's like every year they always have these guys like Bismack Biombo and Plumlee with the other Plumlee, Mason Plumlee, or not Mason, uh, Miles Plumlee, Miles. who they signed to a $51 million contract. They always have these guys that can soak up minutes, I guess, but don't really do anything. I mean, Mason is better than that, obviously, but like they have nobody behind him. Mason is nice, okay? Mason is the triple-double god from the Detroit Pistons last year, okay? Come on. He looks like a penis. Anyways, (laughs) behind him, though, like, who are you going to play? Like, I get get they want to play, like, P.J. uh, Washington probably as a small ball backup five. But, you know, if you have injuries, you have no other big guy. And they do have a lot of wing players, but they're... Pretty inefficient guys like Kelly Oubre. I do like Bridges. He's going to be playing for a contract, so he's probably going to take another step up. I think ultimately this team really comes down to, you know, if LaMelo Ball can shoot the ball the same type of way that he did last year or improve upon that. Like most high-level point guards take a step up and they're shooting the second year. And he surprised everyone his first year shooting as well as he did. But ultimately I think this team's record is going to come down if Hayward can actually play 65 games. And I'm going to say he can. So I'm going to go slide over. So last year, uh, I think they won like 32 or 33 games, right? So you're looking at an increase of or uh, three games, uh, three wins, sorry, over 10 games. Give me those odds, man. Give me, the, give me the over on this team. Mainly because they got rid of Devontae Graham. Not saying that he's a bad player. Not saying that he did anything to the locker room. But just for role definition for uh lamello and for terry rosier right like there's not this random other third guy that's just hovering over you trying to get his shots all the time right so just for role definition alone i think this team is they're on they're on a good track man i love mason Plumley over cody zeller 100 percent time after time man give me that all day is smith off the bench josh our boy that was that's, the one name we haven't brought up yet like leaning into their identity of just playing super fast and super weird Getting Ish Smith, who's probably one of the fastest players in the NBA to play behind LaMelo, is a very good move, I think. I love it. I love it. That passing is going to be off the chain. So it's overs for everybody. I love it. Okay. Next up, 
Josh, you, you, know, you were high on these guys last week, man. Tell me again, why are the Washington Wizards going to be an over at 34 and a half? I mean, <laughs> they do have a lot of depth, but at the same time, they don't have an identity and there's a lot of players they have to implement in their system. Like pretty much the entire team, honestly. <laughs> and they have like four centers who are expecting minutes. They have four forwards who are expecting big minutes as well. Guys who are on big contracts. So even though this team is sort of interesting on paper, and you got the Bradley Beal situation with his potential, another extension coming up, or if they're going to trade him, uh, give me the under. Wow. A 34.5? Under 34.5 for a Wizards team? Damn. Raj, do you, you don't think Bradley Beal can get him 35 wins? No. Like, uh, it's... It, <laughs> I think Bradley Beal, great player. I think, obviously, um, there's going to be a lot of rumors about whether he's going to stay or if he's going to extend or this and that. Ultimately, again, this is another young team that's going to be probably basement dweller. Um, But you know what? I I think this is the year where they really got to step up and get their development going. Because unlike the Raptors, they don't have a clear plan about uh, who's going to be a player for the future and who's not. I think they need to get the ball more in in Rui's hands and continue his development. I think playing with Russ last year actually slowed down his development. So I knew you were going to bring him up. Maybe he just sucks. sucks. Maybe maybe he's just bad. No, 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 no. No. He's not bad. Okay, come on. Yes, yes. You have so many guys competing with him though, right? You got, uh, who else you got here? You got Bertans. You got Thomas Bryant potentially playing the four because they have so many centers. Denny Avdia, who they have to develop as well. And they just have a lot of dude. Kuzma. Like, is Kuzma going to start over him? Maybe. Kuzma is going to start for sure. It's going to be Kuzma at the three and then Rui at the four. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Team no defense. Or vice versa. It doesn't really yeah, matter. Yeah, give me the which, under. But Kuzma's a starter. Yeah, give me the They're going to build around Kuzma. Oh, God. I was really hoping I could lure Josh into an over on this. No. I think the other thing we have to discuss, too, is how many guys they have on this team that they're going to trade. Like, they have a lot of trade pieces for contenders that are going to be looking to improve the deadline. Like, they have so many KCP's guys. KCP's gone by the, deadline, by the deadline for sure. Yeah, you got KCP Kuzma, potentially. Bertens, you don't want to extend him. going to be out. Um, Montrez Harrell, who's pretty cheap at $9 million. Yeah. What do they do with Thomas Bryant going forward if he's able to come I, back? I bet with you, Bertens ends up in New Orleans. Ugh. And he's gonna be Ryan Anderson next to AD for to Zion right now. That's Watch, so funny. Bertens is gonna end up in New Orleans somehow. Moving on, guys, I, I want to push through these last three teams. The Cavaliers are twenty eight and a half. We don't need to go through this. We're all taking unders for this, right? Well, I think like, uh, I'm gonna take the over. I think someone has to win some games. Uh, what the shit? I, I, I'm not saying they're gonna win thirty five games. I'm saying thirty is still <laughs> over. Okay, Josh. They have so much to figure out with this team, especially in the front court. I think they're ultimately going to mm-hmm. have to like play Mobley, Markinen, and uh, Jared Allen together, which is probably not going to work out that well. <laughs> just because there's, I mean, there's probably enough minutes to go around, but they're probably going to experiment Ooh. a lot this year. And Ooh. although I like Garland, I, I do like Sexton in a part- specific role. I guess you could say, not as a starting point guard for a good team. Probably six men though. Six men would be amazing. <laughs> but you obviously have the Kevin Love situation too, which I don't think is going to affect them that much. I'm not really sure what they're going to do with him though, because he has two years left in his contract, and it's 
He's just gonna chill at home. Yeah, pretty much. He's gonna hang out at home drinking chocolate milk, doing ads for Banana Republic. Is Kevin yeah. Love gonna give in and just be like, "All right, I'll take a buyout," or is he gonna nope, sit no. on his ass the next He's... two years and make his money but not be able to play basketball? That's gonna happen. Damn right, he is. Days, he is I guess definitely gonna do that. Yeah, but that sucks though. He's like what, thirty three years old, and he still has some game in him, and he's gonna have to sit out the next two years. I mean, it's fun making sixty million for doing nothing, but still. He'll be even better, man. He won't have miles on his legs. It'll be great. Or he'll be out of shape. Yeah, I think Kevin Love's the type of player that uh, even if a team is willing to buy him out, they're not going to give him a substantive contract. And ultimately, I think you'd be happy just riding out these next two years, working on something after basketball. And then if he has another year or two in him after next year then maybe that would be the consideration. But this year, I think he stays put, and no team's going to offer him like anywhere close to money. Uh, anywhere close to the money he's probably going to ask for. All right, Josh, give me your over-under for this team. 28 and a half. Come on. I'm going to take the under because this team really has no wing players. I mean, they have a Coro who's all right, and then you have Chetty Osman, who was one of the worst players on the wing in the NBA last year. And then beyond that, you don't have much. So they're going to be playing super small, and then the front court, they're going to be playing super big, probably. So it's just going to be an odd fit overall with this roster. Absolutely. Uh, moving on, my Detroit Pistons sitting at 25 and a half. Still have Jeremy Grant, and they obviously have, they drafted Cade Cunningham as their big guy, number one pick. 25 and a half is a lot for a team that has, uh, you know, one star in Cade Cunningham. So give me the under, man. I, I, I'd hate to say it, but. They're going back to the lottery next year. They're definitely going back to the lottery. Just a matter of how far up in the standings they can get and how you know far in the standings they want to get. I think ultimately this number really comes down to how much they want to develop um, their starting point guard from last year, uh, Killian Hayes, and how much they want to put the ball in his hands versus how much they want to put the ball in Cade's hands. Because if you judge it by Summer League, um, they were giving the ball to Hayes a lot and having Cade Cunningham work off the ball, which ultimately I don't think is going to work because Cade seems like the guy there. But at the same time, like the guy's in his second year and you want to get something out of him, right? You want to see what he has. So there's going to be a lot of experimentation not, with that. And I don't think it's going to work out. Not for Coach Casey. Yeah, also one of the not worst coaches Coach in Casey. the NBA. So again, hard under. Yeah. Yeah. Raj? I am going to go under, surprisingly. Not surprising. Yeah, not surprising so, so, at all. Yes. Also, random point, but this team signed three Canadians: Kelly Olynyk, Corey Joseph, and Trey Lyles over the summer. Tickets, That's baby. Insane. Tickets. Random tickets. Yeah, that all those uh, people too cheap for Toronto games can just go straight down to Detroit. Quick drive. You know, honestly, if they give and up, the- you give they give up on Kaelin Hayes early, and they play a lineup of like Sadiq Bay, Kelly Olynyk, and Isaiah Stewart in the front court. The team is not that bad, to be honest, but I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're going to put a lot of resources into developing Hayes, and that's why they're going to be bad. They would be fun to watch, but they're not going to be good. It doesn't matter. The Orlando Magic, guys, sitting projecting to be in the last spot at 24 wins. Again, give me the under. No, a team led by Terrence Ross is not going to win 24 games, okay? That's all I can say. Under. Mm. Yeah, I will yeah. also take the under, but 
I feel like Toronto Raptors fans are going to be put through some sort of pain with Jalen Suggs winning some games for this team. I just hope that he doesn't. I mean, he's probably going to explode, especially as the year goes on when teams stop caring about winning. Um, but I, I think Suggs is going to have a better year than Barnes overall, but you're going to see flashes from Barnes. But um, yeah, ultimately this team just doesn't have a direction right now. Isaac's coming back, and who knows if he's going to be back by the start of the regular season. They have like He'll get hurt again. It's fine. Yeah, and they have like four point guards too. <laughs> like, is Markel Fultz going to play at all this year? He had an ACL injury, no. and then they're trying to develop Cole Anthony too. There's just a lot of question marks with this team. It's over, man. I don't want to talk about the magic anymore. Yeah, like it's under pound it. Uh, they have no chance. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Josh, you got some stats corner this week. You got a fast one for us. Yes, I do. So we're going to discuss pull-up two-pointers in the season of 2020 and 21 per team. Oh. So I guess we'll go with two different stats. Um, can you guess who averaged the most pull-up two-pointers in terms of field goal attempts per game by team last year? Which teams Spurs? took the most? Spurs are number one, as usual, at mm-hmm. 20.5 uh, 20. um, attempts per game. How many are we doing? Three? If you can guess three out of five, I'll be impressed. So let's go. All right, Raj, what do you got? Pull up twos. I'm going to say the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns, number three at 18. Nice. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, The Heat? Uh, The Miami Heat are not anywhere near the top. They're near the bottom, actually. There you go. Can't actually shoot. <laughs> they try, but they can attempt them. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're more of a modern team. They're taking a lot more threes and paint shots. Not as many pull-up twos as you'd expect. Yeah. Okay, how about the Boston Celtics? Uh, Boston's in the middle of the pack. We'll give you both each one more guess to see if you can get one more each. Uh, I mean, it would have been Portland prior to last year. I don't know if CJ took that many pull-up twos last year, though. Is that your final answer? Games? No, I'm going to go with Portland. They're number eight. Ah. McCollum changing up his game. Or not playing. <laughs> that too. Yeah. Pull up to... All right, Raj, save us. Give me a sec. Let me go through these team lists. I want to get this one to be Peter. Uh, how about the... Oof. The Los Angeles Clippers. Mm. Yes, number five at 17.2. Nice. The other teams I believe you forgot to mention were the Washington with Westbrook and Beal, and then the New York Knicks took a lot of long twos because Coach Thibodeau is coaching them. <laughs> true, and true, quickly, true. We should have known about Westbrook. Yeah, Damn. for sure. I mean, quickly, can you guess uh, the top five teams in field goal percentage um, by long twos, or pull-up twos, I should say? All percentages for field goal. Oh, okay. Raj, you want to start this one? Uh, sure. Why not? Uh, I will have to say the Phoenix Suns. Yes, Phoenix number one, forty-nine percent on pull-up twos, which is insane. Yeah, that's quite good. Quite, quite good. Good. Uh, let me go back to my Spurs. Uh, Spurs are, I believe they are number five at 44.8. Hey. 
I'm in. You're in. How about the Milwaukee Bucks? One of the teams is super obvious. Oh, no, never mind. No, I'm going to... Yeah, I'll say Milwaukee. (laughs) Uh, No. No, they are not. That's hilarious. (laughs) Brooklyn. That is correct. That is the obvious one. Brooklyn's at 46%. Yeah, with KD Ooh, and they, Kyrie. Are they Ooh. number two? Uh, they are number two, yes. Yeah. All right, one more guess each. Okay. To hold my title or at least put the pressure on Peter. I will say the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, no, the Clippers had one of the worst percentages, actually. Wow. 42.6. Kawhi, come on. Yeah. Uh, po- Wait, twos or pull up twos? Pull up twos. Pull up twos, percentages. Whoo! Uh, give me. I'm blanking, man. Uh, just throw out uh, the Warriors stuff. Uh, the Warriors. Mm-hmm. The fact that I have to look into this is probably not a good thing. 38.8%, so no. Did Kelly um, Oubre. Remember. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He brought the percentage <laughs> <laughs> Damn. One for 18 doesn't help, and you're not shooting many threes oh, there. Oh, my goodness. The other two teams were True. tough, though. Like, Philadelphia's one because Joel Embiid takes a lot of them, and he had a ridiculous percentage last year. Yeah. And then, surprisingly, Dallas, even though Luka doesn't take a lot of them, I guess it's... I don't The KP doesn't really shoot a lot of them either, so... Hardaway, man. Mm-hmm. He shoots a lot of threes, though. Sort of surprising. Must have been, like, a, on a, not a lot of attempts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That team last year was all threes, and... Well, just threes, not even layups. <laughs> Straight up, Dallas. That's all Dallas did last year. Yeah. Good list, Josh. Good run. Good that was run. Also, very good. That's all you got, eh? That's it. Anything else before we wrap up? We're how many? Uh, six weeks away from the start of uh, the NBA season. Yeah, we're we're recording on September 9th, so yeah, about six weeks. Oh wow, man! Maybe five, somewhere around there. We'll be there in no time. Yeah, let's do it. It's exciting, man. Training camp's gonna start soon. Oof. Nikola Jokic is already in Denver training. I think we're all looking and forward to training camp just to see if Ben Simmons actually shows up. He's going to show up on your Instagram feed with no shirt on. Can you imagine like losing, how much is it again? Like 200000 a day if he doesn't show up? He'll show up. I think he's going to show up and do the Harden and just be the, and you know, just be a bitch. Yeah, I think he's going to be more of a fuss. Like he'll say something stupid, how Doc doesn't trust him or some shit like that. Just yeah. to get himself... Like he's going to be a bad employee, but he's not going to no-show. Yeah. Too much money. All right, guys. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening. Please remember to rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Leave us those five-star reviews, those comments. Those are greatly appreciated. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Hoops Corner Pod. And until next time, peace. <laughs>